this morning we'll be beginning to look at some of the things that are written in the bulletin, not all of those under the morning service outline. We'll probably look at one of them. <laughs> this week we have certainly been blessed, I had by the preaching of the word and by the simple presentation of the wonderful truths we find therein. Sunday last week, it was from John's Gospel, Chapter 1. The question was of the Lord Jesus to Andrew, What seek ye? Why are you following me? <laughs> oh, um, um, <laughs> oh, where do you live? <laughs> and so, come, said the Lord Jesus. And then Andrew found Philip and others and testified to them. Wonderful message of salvation, wasn't it? What seek ye? What are you looking for in life? Monday evening was from Luke 13, and it was about repentance. Except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. And Pilate there mingled the Galileans' blood with their sacrifices, and they died, and eighteen upon whom the Tower of Siloam fell. Suppose they were sinners more than everybody else? No, said the Lord Jesus. Death happens. But except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. They are very important words to every soul on planet Earth. Tuesday, it was from Hebrews chapter 3, and so it went from salvation to the Christian and service and, and our right relationship, sanctification. And it spoke about hardness, uh, Brother uh, Glenn spoke about the hardness of our heart. The hardness, we can harden our hearts. Have we hardened our hearts to the truth of the gospel? Then Wednesday was sowing and reaping. We reap what we sow was the message. In summary, really found in Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 to 10. So, we've had the meetings. Water under the bridge. Let's get on with living. Or, what now? What now? What should we do? Well, Galatians, I mean, James, that we had our reading from this morning. James chapter 1, verse 19, and down to the end of the chapter. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. We've heard, we've heard the message, but it's more than just hearing with our ears and the night it happened. It's continually remembering what we heard. Be swift to hear. Slow to speak and slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, here we come, with what we should now do. We've heard the word of the Lord, how should we obey the word of the Lord? What should we now do because we've heard this? If we've heard it, we're responsible for it. And sometimes, as a Pastor Hines said, even though we are not in the service, we are responsible for the service, for it was given and you weren't there. That's hitting pretty hard, isn't it? <laughs> you could have been. And praise the Lord for all that were able to come. But 
Let's lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. When you say when you say naughty to someone, who is it usually to? Children. Your children, you naughty boy, naughty girl. Oh, that's politically incorrect today. Never say no. Of course, we say no. God says no all through the Bible to us sinners, doesn't He? Ah, yes, He does. Superfluity of naughtiness. Us children, God's little children, get up to naughty things, sinful things. And we are told not to. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. So we've heard the word and we've heard the word many years, some of us. But we need to engraft the word in our souls. It's able to save our souls. And so a little thought from this in what we should now do. Obey the word. Let's not do what... Saul did in our reading a moment ago on the Lord's table disobey to obey is better than sacrifice look we could go and give uh, Paul said this so I give my body to be burned and have not love if I don't love God as I ought to and I don't obey him as I ought to it counts as nothing though I give all that I have to, to help the poor and have not the love of God it profiteth me nothing. You read that chapter in chapter uh, 13 of First Corinthians. We need to engraft the word. Let's pray before we look at some other points here. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that has been shared with us this week. Thank you for the challenges to our heart and for the rebuke that it has been at times to us. For we have not walked in the way of the Lord and we've walked in our own way. We've been disobedient. I pray today that we would learn to obey as your children from this day forward and and not trample over the blood of Christ that was given to forgive us our sins and to have us walk as sanctified saints. Minister the word to our heart for your glory and praise and challenge our hearts. Lord, speak to our hearts from your word by your Holy Spirit today that we might right ourselves and walk with our God as Enoch walked. Bless the word now as shared, Lord, we pray that Andrew and Rachel and the boys and girls might be, might be in Australia and minister to them. They'll be very tired and trying to minister, Lord. Uh, just be with them. Uh, it's a l- lot harder to travel in tow with seven children than on your own. Lord, we pray for their, their strength today as they move forward in their ministry of reporting. Bless the time with their family too as they visit with them. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the first point we have there, and I believe it's in your outline, engraft the word. And we spoke of this just the other day in our prayer meeting time, about engrafting the word. And uh, if you've ever... And Brother Dunn was here, that's right. Brother Dunn was here and he explained how he did grafting, didn't he? Uh, You choose... A limb, well, a little limb, (laughs) you cut it off. The one that's got the roots, you cut it off. And then you get another limb from another tree and same size. What I do is cut a V in the original rootstock. And I think Brother Dunn was explaining that. And a V on that, a V into and a V onto, and then you V them together. 
and then you tighten them right up and squeeze all the air out and put the wax or whatever to seal it from air and that becomes part of the rootstock and grows fruit from the rootstock. <clears throat> Folks, we have heard the word of the Lord. What he wants us to do is do that and graft it in so the sap from the root, the Lord Jesus Christ, flows through our life and the fruit is seen in our life as we engraft the word of God. And if there is no fruit, it usually means we're not engrafting the word or we've engrafted the word to start with and we're not moving forward. We're not, we're letting air in, we're letting other contaminants in to the bond we have with the Lord Jesus Christ as being grafted into him and having the word engrafted into us. I think it's very important. How have you this week engrafted the word? We've heard it. Have we meditated upon what we heard? Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And meditate upon it. Memorize the Bible. Memorize the scriptures and then meditate upon it. Maybe whichever way. <laughs> but probably memorizing helps you to meditate. Helps you to mull over like the cow chewing the carnet. And brings it up and regurgitates and chews it again. Brings it up again. I don't know how many stomachs a cow has. I've heard two, but they say there's a lot more. Four. <laughs> Four. Chew it again. Chew it again. And they produce milk. <laughs> Butter. And things that we can enjoy. The cream. Mm. <laughs> but it's because they've been mulling it over. <laughs> now, I like that diet that they say you can eat as much meat as you want, as much cheese as you want, and as much cream as you want. But don't drink the milk. And you can have all the veggies you want and all the salads you want too. And you're supposed to lose weight. But it sounds pretty good to me. And so when I went on it for a little bit, I had cream on everything. <laughs> it had been, it come from a cow that had meditated. <laughs> ruminated and all the other things that it did it folk we should be fruitful as we engraft the word of God oh, what a difference it makes and you know and I know when we don't we go off on our own way we get irritated angry upset and do things we shouldn't be and say things we shouldn't be saying and then the second thing there in verse 22 to 24 of James we engaged the word that all goes together. <laughs> but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. So put it into action. Engage it. It's like you engage the, the gears in the car and drop the clutch and move forward. Because if we don't, we're deceiving our own selves. If we hear, we've heard the good word of God and we've been challenged and we are continually challenged as we read it in our devotions. But what about engaging it? For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. He beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. <laughs> how forgetful, how soon forgetful we are of the word of the Lord. Let's engage the word of the Lord by being doers and not just hearers, deceiving ourselves. We're self-deceived, if that be the case. Have you engaged 
the word. Live the word. Practice the word. Before you preach the word, live it ourselves so that others may see and ask us a reason for the hope that is in us. That's what the Bible says. And verse 25, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth in it, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Endure in the word. Continue in the word. How many people do you know that have heard the word, they seem to engage the word, but they don't endure in the word. They don't continue. They're not in church anymore. They used to be. You know, we went in going to a Bible college. We had people there engaged. You'd say, yes, they're going forward. They're going to make something of their life. They're going to spend it for the Lord. Only a few years later, some of those same people are divorced, separated, scattered, not in a church. Really sad. They didn't endure in the word of God. Some of them are no longer with us. They were found in the pub with drinking mates, others that were at college. Terrible. Terrible testimony. Like Saturday come and the Lord took two of them home, Black Saturday. Some of you know. You don't mess with the Lord. Not when you know so much. Not when you've been through three years of Bible college. It's serious business. We need to endure in the Word. We need to stick at it. Continue. Continue the Word. You look up those words in the Scripture. Look into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it. Don't be a forgetful here, but a doer. You'll be blessed. And then verse 26 and 27. We see there exemplify the word. If any man among you seem to be religious, seem to be religious. How can we seem to be religious? <laughs> He's waving his tie around. <laughs> I put my tie on on Sunday morning. I cleaned up. I brought my Bible to church. I got all dressed up and I seem to be religious. Nobody else knows I'm not. That's okay. I can come to church and put it all on. I can fake it. <laughs> you can't fake it with God. None of us can, can we? We've heard the word of the Lord. Do the word of the Lord. And don't put up, be fair dinkum about it. Be true blue. Have we got some good sayings in Australia, haven't we? For this sort of Christian that we're supposed to be. And exemplify, express the word in our lives. Live it so that they see the difference in your life. At work they see the difference. They observe you for a year on end. And observe that your Christian testimony is there. And say, yeah, this, this, this fellow's got something. This, this lady's got something that I haven't. I need what they've got. And they ask you about it. And so here, And bridleth not his own tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. 
This man's religion is vain. He may as well just get out in the world, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow he's going to die like the rest of them instead of putting on a show of religion. And then <clears throat> verse 27, pure religion and undefiled, undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless in their, and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You've, world. You've got two things here. Exemplify the word in service. Visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. Do something for somebody that cannot do or give something back to you. And you're exemplifying what Christ did. He's, he gave himself for us who could do nothing for ourselves or save ourselves. That's true Christian love. That's expressing the word in our lives. That's living the word, not just hearing the word, exemplifying it in service, visiting the fatherless and widows. Now, there are other things you could add to that list. But with these two, when did you last visit a fatherless person or a widow in their affliction? Thinking hard, thinking long. See what I mean? That's true Christianity. <laughs> That's living the word. That's enduring in the word and exemplifying the word here. And then the next one gets even closer to home cuts to the bone and to keep oneself unspotted from the world what does it mean to be unspotted from the world it means not to be like a person who is not a christian who just lives in the world and for the world and that's all they think are you keeping yourself unspotted from the world and and that can be in what well what you say what you hear what you look at, what you eat, what you dress with, it's keeping oneself unspotted from the world. Let's do what we've heard the preacher say to do. And I, I heard a lot of amens during the services. <laughs> that means you said, I believe that. I know that's right. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, and one point that we need to obey in and I pray that you are if you're not then you need to consider that this morning let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17 we could talk about being unspotted from the world and enduring and exemplifying the word a lot more but touching on this point of salvation to obey is better than sacrifice and in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17 <clears throat> we have this written but the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God that is amongst the Christians and if it first begin at us what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel salvation we need to believe by faith we need to obey the gospel see so Others, many other scriptures say that we should what? Believe the word. Others, as the, one of the sermons was on, was repent or you shall likewise perish. But we need to obey the gospel. And we'll look at what the gospel is in a moment. 
turn to the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, chapter 9 of the book of Ezekiel. He was told to go around and mark the people that believe. Set a mark on them. Set a seal on them. Ezekiel chapter 9. It's probably not a book you read much. It's uh, fairly complicated as you look at it and try to understand it. can be understood. (laughs) But in verse 4, we read in Ezekiel 9, And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, that's Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for the abominations that are done in the midst of it. And to the others he said in my hearing, Go after him through the city and smite. So there's the one that was going to mark the guys that were believing and the ones following were going to smite the ones that didn't believe. Let not your eye spare, neither have pity. Slay utter old and young, both maids and little children and women. Not sparing. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. And begin at my sanctuary. And they began with the ancient men who were before the house. And he said unto them, Defile the house and fill the courts with the slain. Go forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. This is picturing that captivity of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, by the Babylonians. And the Lord said, set a mark on the people that believe. Start at the sanctuaries. Start at the house of God. Surely there's some people there that believe. And there wasn't. There was a, there was a one or two. <laughs> who, who was one that got a mark that day? Who can you think of that might have been, that was there that was a believer? In Jerusalem, he was a prophet. He's a major prophet of the Old Testament. Okay, I'll let you have Daniel, yep. (laughs) Who was another one? He was a young man. He wasn't quite in the sanctuary yet. (laughs) Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Remember, he stayed at Jerusalem through all this, through all the fights and through all the battles, through the mayhem and and the massacre that happened. Jeremiah had a mark. They didn't kill him. In fact, there are three times that Nebuchadnezzar came down because Jeremiah was a marked man by God. They started, the Babylonians started asking advice of these godly men who were the opposition. (laughs) You could say they were Jews. They weren't Babylonians. And how should we run our country? What should we do here? Who should we appoint here? And, and And he gave special privileges to Jeremiah on the third deportation that Jeremiah was to be looked after. The Jews hated him, but the Babylonians saw that he had a mark of God. He was different. He was saved. He believed. What would happen today if the angel of the Lord come through us and marked us, and then the slayer of the Lord come through and smote those that didn't have the mark? Would you be left living? That's what happened in that day. Literally happened in that day. Have you obeyed the gospel? You know, this is what the mark was for. Those that had obeyed the truth of God's word and had lived it. Notice in verse 9 of the same, well, verse 8 of the same chapter, and it came to pass that while they were slaying them, that I was left. There's another man that had a mark. Who was it? Ezekiel. And I fell upon my face and cried, and he saw what was going on. 
He said, Ah, Lord God, wilt thou destroy all the residue of Israel in the pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? Is there going to be anyone left? That's what he literally said. And he said unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great, and the land is full of blood. And the city full of perverseness, for they say, The Lord hath forsaken the earth, and the Lord seeth not. Ha, ah, what a terrible day it would have been to live through that day. But the godly people lived through it. But they, they had in, in mind, you know, the, the aftershock of seeing what had happened. This is a result of disobedience to God. The slaying of the city and the children, the men, the women, all slain in the street. That in Titus' day, it happened again about 600 years later when Titus come down, the Roman general, in 70 AD and, and did the same. And they say they were all herded to the end of the street where just a massacre took place. Over 1.2 million people were slain again because Israel went into disobedience again and did not obey God's word. Folks, and there's coming a day. Let's turn to Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. For those that will not obey the gospel. Draw it to a, a conclusion in a moment here. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. And I'll never forget, I was sitting over, over here somewhere when Brother Weeks was here years and years ago and he preached on this passage. And I had just, I'd read over it and over it but never seen what it how important and how dr dramatic it is. <clears throat> in verse 8, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and what is the word here? And that obey not. It's that word again. Samuel, James, here, Peter, and in other portions, in flame, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and this is the judgment to come that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. It's one thing to be slain physically, but it's another thing to be slain eternally and go to that place of judgment. Oh, today, obey the, cost, the gospel. There's dire consequences to those that disobey the gospel and don't obey. And you say, well, what is it? So I might obey it. Well, let's go to Hebrews for just a moment in chapter 6 and verse 4 and 6. Is, if God is speaking to your heart about doing this, then listen to these words. It's impossible for those who were once enlightened. You're being enlightened maybe this week or today and have tasted the heavenly gift. God's spirit is working within you and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God. You see what it's about. And the powers of the world to come, there's heaven to gain and hell to shun. If they fall away, you go out of this building or you've gone out of this building and said, no, I don't want anything to do with it. You disobey the gospel to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves a son of God afresh. Don't, don't dare put it off when God speaks. There's dire consequences. If God speaks to your heart and you don't respond to the gospel. Chapter 10 of the book of Hebrews and verse 26, we read this. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. If you hear the way of salvation and say no to it, there's no way of being forgiven. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. 
He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who tr has trodden underfoot the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and all he did for you, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, the Lord's blood, with which he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite to the Spirit of grace. Verse 31, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And other portions in chapter 12, 25 and 29, it speaks about that. But the time of this ignorance, God has, as it were, winked at. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent, to be saved, to obey the gospel. It's urgent upon your soul to obey the truth of the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? Let me read it to you from a portion of scripture that concisely, precisely puts it in 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, Paul said, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which you have also received. They received it, they didn't disobey it. And in which you stand... It's something that happened in the past. You have believed the gospel and you stand as a Christian in it. By which also when ye are, sa also ye are saved. By which the gospel ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you. And this is it. Verse 3. I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. That Christ. What did you do? Die for our sins. According to the scriptures. It was written in the Old Testament he would die. Isaiah 53. And that he was buried. And that he what? Rose again. The death, the burial and the resurrection is the gospel. If you obey that, if you believe that and trust in the Lord, if you repent, you're saved. You didn't have to get baptised. <laughs> You didn't have to go to church. You didn't have to read the Bible through or do some catechism. You have to believe the word of God. And you will escape all the horrors of what we've read about, of those that disobey the gospel. Our choice. You know, we've heard the word. Let's obey the word today. And this is just in relation to salvation and there's all the others Maybe, Lord willing, another day we'll preach. I invite you to obey the gospel, believe that Jesus died to pay for your sins and that he rose again in, in, in proof. That's proof that God, the Father accepted the sacrifice of Christ and that you will rise, rise again if you believe on him. The resurrection power is to you too. If you believe the gospel, won't you believe and trust the Lord today? Don't go out and suffer the vengeance of eternal fire when you don't have to. God loves you and doesn't want that to happen to you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Bless it to our hearts today. May we be doers and not hearers only, obeying the word that's given. It's not my word, it's not anyone else's, but God's word to us. The death, the burial, and the resurrection, the gospel, and the power of the gospel. 
Lord, that we would do what you want us to do as Christians too because there are consequences to not walking with you. There are things that come into our lives that we are not, that are not pleasant to chastise us as your children to make us walk in your way. May we take heed and, and take heart and say, Lord, I'm your child, forgive me, cleanse me, let me get on with the Christian walk. And by grace, he forgives and puts us back in the pathway that we make not shipwreck of our lives. We ask and pray your blessing on each and every soul today. In Jesus' name, amen.